My Seven Chakras, episode 157. In order to divert fear, you must understand your love. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body, from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, action takers? AJ here, founder and host of My Seven Chakras, the show where we strongly believe that science and spirit go hand in hand, that it's never too late to make a change, and that failure is the stepping stone to success. This is truly your on-demand radio station for fascinating topics like Reiki, Qigong, yoga, meditation, and nutrition. So, if this is your first time on our show, I want to give you a warm. Welcome, Action Tribe. So far, we've received 197 five-star reviews on iTunes, and we are just three reviews away from crossing the magic 200 mark. So, if you feel like this show has changed your life, or if you've experienced a shift after listening to one of the episodes, or if you just want to support our show, then please leave your thoughts for us in the form of an iTunes review. You see, reviews help us increase our exposure, so that more and more people just like you can become a part. Of our community to leave a review, all you have to do is visit this link. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review because you're leaving a review. I regularly go through all the new reviews we receive, and if it's really inspiring, I actually read them out on air as well. So once again, take a few minutes and write us a review. And with that, we are now ready to bring you our featured guest for today, Angela Blaha. So Angela, are you ready to inspire? I am ready. That's awesome. With more than 20 years of helping people make positive life changes, Angela Blaha is a transformational teacher, mentor, speaker, and author. As a psychologist, energy healer, certified coach, and meditation specialist, she has mentored her clients into transforming their thoughts, feelings, and emotions to create new patterns to fulfill their dreams and desires as well. Her methods help to de-stress, clarify goals by increasing optimism, and strengthen. Natural abilities. So, Angela, I've given our listeners a glimpse into your life and what you do. But before we begin today's show, help us understand what is your favorite inspirational quote, and how do you apply this quote in your life? Well, thank you, AJ, for having me on your show. My favorite quote is: "In order to divert fear, you must understand your love." And how I use this in my life is: as a human being, we have so much love within us. That we rarely allow it to come out and to touch others, and so that's how I use this quote every day in my life: is to allow the love, the depth of love, the expansionness of love, to come out and to you know heal people just by maybe a smile or doing one of my processes or Reiki or meditation, just using love to heal people, to heal the world. So I really love this quote. In order to divert fear, you must understand your love. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Awesome. So, Action Tribe, my question to you is: How are you finding the depth and the expanse of the love that resides within you? So, think about that. With that, Angela, let's dive deep in. What is your definition of meditation? 
Meditation is relieving stress within the physical body. And when we are able to move into a space that allows the physical body to just simply relax, the soul, the your heart space, your heart chakra opens up and you connect with your higher self, source, whatever words you want to use, the universe, right? You connect. You connect in with that unity consciousness that says that you are connected to everything and that the I am presence can come through and you can like get into the depths of your own love. So meditation for me is all about just getting into a space where you can connect fully. Thanks a lot for that wonderful definition. Angela, broadly speaking, how many types of meditation are there? It's limitless. I was trained through the Deepak Chopra Center and that theory believes in mantra meditation. But what I teach is do whatever allows you to come back to meditation. Because if you're just going to sit in a guru position and, you know, repeat a mantra and you're, you fall asleep constantly or your mind is in constant wander or you're just not comfortable, you're never going to come back to meditation. You're never going to be able to connect in to who you really are. So when I teach meditation, I teach multiple ways. So it's guided meditations, walking meditations, writing meditations, Mm -hmm. you know, using music, being in nature. I don't care what it is that you can connect into who you are, use it and know that. And I also teach that, you know, knowing that it's going to change throughout your life is the process of how we change. So one day you might do a writing meditation and the next day you might do a walking meditation. And the next day you might do a silent meditation. It doesn't matter what tool you use because you are not your tools, right? You are your presence. And that's where meditation is, is getting into the presence of who you are. So there's infinite number of meditation styles. Love that. So you spoke about the fact that it's important to do whatever that allows you to come back to the practice again and again. Mm -hmm. And there are so many different types of meditations. As you mentioned, there's walking meditation, meditation in the forest among nature. There is uh, the chanting meditation and then obviously mindfulness meditation as well. But a person needs to realize what meditation serves them better at this part or this phase in life and also to realize that change is the only thing that's constant and you might like some other type or other practice of meditation later on in life and that's bound to change. So Angela, diving a bit deep into this topic, based on your experience, why do people have a hard time meditating? I think because society has termed meditation and maybe linked it to a religious practice, which it is not, right? And so for me, where I live, that seems to be the holdup with meditation is they seem to see it as something that is another sort of practice that maybe hasn't, that they have linked to religion or a way of being that they don't understand, right? That's where that fear comes in, the fear of Mm. not understanding, but yet We don't take time to understand. And so from my perspective in the place that I live in, I live in the Midwest and it's very conservative here. There just is that mindset that says, oh, that's something that, you know, another country does or or foreigners do or that's linked to a religious practice. When in reality, it has nothing to do with that. In reality, meditation is really moving in and finding some sort of peace and calm within yourself that allows you to fully know and understand who you are. And in our super busy societies today, that's very, very rare. So we really need to take the time 
to make that happen. Got it. So you spoke about the fact that meditation in many parts of the country, not just USA, is seen as a religious practice. So thanks for clarifying the fact that you don't have to adopt the religion right. to really practice meditation in the first place. Um, any other challenges that you've seen people having when, when trying to meditate? Yeah, people have the excuse that they don't have time, right? Because, mm. you know, there's a set, well, we recommend a set time. But again, when I teach meditation, it's like, do what you're allowed, right? What time allows. So if you have five minutes one day, great. If you have a half hour the next day, fantastic. If you have an hour the next day, then go for it. Again, using your own lifestyle to help you, right? And to help you move into just that connection that you can. And no matter what time and space allows you to have, then you should do that. So, you know, not putting, not creating a rigid perspective around it, mm-hmm. just being in the flow of it is really what creates the practice. Love it. Now, you've been practicing meditation for so many years now. Yes. Over the years, what are some of the benefits that you've seen through meditation? Well, in the beginning, I was sort of a what I call a crisis meditator. I would meditate when there was a crisis, right? Okay. And then life progressed and my parents became ill. And so at that time, I was doing my training and I was practicing meditation constantly. So throughout that whole process of taking care of my parents and putting them in a nursing home and you know, being there for their transition, their death. My husband's parents also became sick at the same time. And so I was helping take care of them as well. And throughout the whole process, my sister-in-law had asked at Christmas or one of our Christmas events, and she said, I don't understand how you can stay so calm and have such good judgment about what needs to happen, you know, with our parents and take care of everything else that you do. She goes, what is it that you do? You know, what drug are you on is really what she asked because she's in the medical field. (laughs) And I said, I'm on the drug of meditation and I meditate twice a day and I'm faithful to my practice of going within, calming the body, calming, you know, relieving my stress. And that for me was like the confirmation that it worked. Mm -hmm. That's the confirmation that made me say, oh, I need to teach this to everybody else. That's really, really interesting because initially you said that you were a crisis meditator because you were going through so many challenges. You had your familial challenges because you were supporting your parents and your husband's parents as well, which I'm sure is not an easy task in anyone's life. But uh, you stuck to your practice, which not everyone knew about. You were meditating twice in a day and looking at you because you were so calm, you were so de-stressed, you were able to manage and multitask so many different things. In addition to your daily routine, your sister asked you, what drug are you on? Because the effects were like uh, recreational drugs or some other types of drugs, but you were on a drug, which was the natural drug and the natural chemical effects that your body gets as a result of your meditation practice. Now, here's an interesting question that came in recently from one of our listeners who asks, when you have a thought that enters your mind, how do we determine if that is a sign or a nudge from the universe that's trying to communicate with you? Or if it's just your mind wandering, so you just let that thought drift by? So move into the thought, right? Move into the thought and ask yourself, is this my thought or is this something from the universe? Is this something that my mind can conjure up? Or is this something that you know, is coming from my soul's perspective or, you know, my heart's perspective. And if this is a soul perspective, how will I be able to flow with this in the world? When you are in total alignment with who you are 
and there's a thought that comes in. I teach people how to use their intuition as their new thought form rather than the brain creating the thought form because our mind is totally related to the past, Mm -hmm. right? It's based in memory and it's based in experiences of the past. When we use our intuition as our new thought form, we align totally with everything that comes in. Every great idea, every thought perception, every newness about it, we're in total alignment with that. And so there's never a doubt that it's not in alignment with who we are. Does that make sense? It does. You said aligning your intuition with your thought form, right? Yes. And that's a practice that you teach your clients, your students, which I'm sure is such a powerful skill to have and master as well. So many of our listeners listening to the show are really interested in meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to get into the practice. They've been thinking about it for a while and, uh, you know, they want to benefit from your experience. So what are some of the common mistakes that people make early on when trying to meditate? The thing that I see most often is that they judge their meditations. So when I teach meditation, the first thing that I teach is not to judge it, not to compare one meditation to another meditation because there you never have the same meditation ever. So if you have a great experience, you know, a great expansive experience in one meditation, leave it in that time and space in that meditation. Do not bring it into your next day when you're meditating, do not bring and say, "Oh, I want to have that same experience." Because then you're starting to judge your experiences. And really meditation is, if you keep in mind that meditation is just a de-stressor, right? That that's the main focus. I'm just going to de-stress. I'm just going to move into stillness. I'm just going to move into the oneness of who I am. Then that is your intent, no matter what experience happens. So do not judge your meditations and do not compare them from one meditation to another. That's the most important thing that you can remember Mm -hmm. when you begin a meditation practice. So I like that advice a lot because I think it happens to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. Right. When you establish a meditation practice, which is great if you're able to do that, and then you meditate each and every day, your experiences are bound to change. Sometimes you have an ecstatic, amazing experience when trying to meditate. And some other days you might have a not so exhilarating experience, but that's just what life is all about. Uh, What you need to do, as uh, Angela mentioned, is go back to the basics and realize that meditation is there to help you get back to the here and now and get back to the basics of de-stressing so that you can enjoy the benefits and then build on top of that. So Angela, as you mentioned before, many listeners know how to meditate, but because they're so busy in their daily life, because they take so much action, (laughs) because they have so many responsibilities, they find it hard to make meditation a habit. So what advice do you have for these folks? I advise to get up 15 minutes earlier in the morning. What's 15 minutes, right? Yes. Nothing. And to meditate right away in the morning. And then you don't have to worry about it the rest of the day. You don't have to try to fit it into your schedule. And if that's the only time throughout the day that you get, fantastic. But if you can create a meditation practice with the natural rhythms of the universe, so meditating in the morning before chaos starts, and then if you can find time, like coming home from work, you know, give yourself 10 or 15 minutes there or 20 minutes so that you can just then enjoy your family, right? Leave work at work, de-stress, and come home and enjoy your family. So flowing with the rhythms of the world. So, you know, at dawn and then at dusk is really the natural rhythms of when we need to de-stress the body. So Angela, let's go back in time now. What led you to becoming a meditation instructor with the Chopra Center? It was my yearning 
to find peace within myself and to get a better connection with who I am. I was extremely busy in my life because I live in the Midwest. You know, those the opportunities for meditation were non-existent at that time. So I did a little research on the internet and that's how I kind of fell into a few different perspectives. And at that time, it was just silence, like the total, you know, sitting in, in a quiet space and just being in silence. Mm. And for me, it was really hard to quiet the mind chatter at that time. And so I kept searching and searching and, and then I found mantras and the Chopra Center showed up. And so I was like, oh, I think this is really what I need right now. And so what the mantras do for me is it gives the mind, the very active mind, because I'm super active in my mind, it gives it something to do, right? While the soul literally gets to come out and play. So that's how I found the show presenter was a constant yearning for something different, something that could pull me inward, so inward that I would get lost. (laughs) (laughs) So I love the fact that you stated that the mantra gives your mind something to do Mm -hmm. so that your soul can come out to play. So you mentioned that especially because you found it hard to sort of manage your mind. You needed that mantra at that point to Give it some work (laughs) so that your soul can learn how to play. I love that. Now, Angela, thanks a lot for sharing all these insights and these advice uh, with our listeners based on what you've shared today. If you had to recommend our listeners to take one action towards becoming better at meditation, just one action, what would it be? To set time so that you can actually begin to create a, a meditation practice. So find 10 to 20 minutes throughout your day, preferably in the morning. As soon as you get up, you know, just brush your teeth and then go meditate and just find the peace that you need. And it will change your whole entire life. It will change your whole day just by finding that 10 to 15, 20 minutes before your whole day starts. That allows you to just totally connect in with who you are. So find the time. There you go, action takers. Find the time. Decide whether you're going to meditate in the morning or in the evening after coming to work, put it on your calendar right now. I mean, right now. Yes. (laughs) So that you can feel excited that you're going to embark on a meditation practice for sure. Action Tribe, to access the show notes for today's episode, visit my7chakras.com forward slash 157. That's my7chakras.com forward slash 157. You measure the size of the accomplishment by the obstacles you had to overcome to reach your goals. Now, this is an amazing quote by Booker T. Washington. Action Tribe, when you overcome an obstacle, write it down. When you come out of a challenge, write it down. When you fight through a really difficult situation, make sure that you write it down. Not because you want to get caught up with the past, but because it will allow you and it will show you proof of the type of person that you have been. In the midst of anxiety or stress or worry, it is easy to forget how far you've come. And as Mr. Washington said, measure the size of your accomplishment by the obstacles that you've had to overcome. So Angela, since we are talking about life's obstacles, tell us a story about a time when you faced a major life challenge. So firstly, how did you encounter it? And then also tell us, how did you overcome the obstacle? Well, that's a deep question. (laughs) You know, and and, uh, I've had so many obstacles in my life, it's hard to narrow that down. But I think the biggest obstacle was watching my mom have Alzheimer's and and how the mind like literally starts to do a life review in the human form. And through my meditation practice, and because I was so into figuring out, you know, like a different perspective on Alzheimer's, 
that my view of Alzheimer's is totally different than what society probably has, is that the soul gives the has the opportunity for the body to start or for the person to start their life review in the human form. And so what that does is it creates a lot of confusion with the people who are helping or the people, you know, the loved ones that are still here because they see a deterioration. When in reality, if we looked at a bigger perspective, you can see different answers. Mm -hmm. And so my obstacle, my biggest obstacle was watching the whole process and not taking offense to some of the things, right, that my mom was going through and that she, you know, portrayed, like, she became a little bit angry in the end and she would hit and, you know, those kind of things that are common with Alzheimer's. And so my biggest obstacle was in my meditations, I would ask, let me see what's really happening here. Let me see what's happening. And through that process, it was fantastic, actually, looking back, it was a fantastic opportunity to understand things in a totally different light. So whenever you come up with obstacles, what I learned from that was whenever you come up with obstacles or come up to obstacles is to take a bigger perspective, right? Look at it like as if you're looking down at a, at a situation from 30,000 feet up and look at all the viewpoints and look at all the avenues and not necessarily putting, you know, changing your perspective about what's really happening. So we have a lot of obstacles in our life, don't we? And when we can see things at a large view rather than our own little small view, it changes the way that we react and it changes the way that we think and it changes our emotions. And so that's the one thing that I try to you know, help people with is to look at a bigger picture, see the bigger picture. So thanks a lot for sharing your story, mm-hmm. Angela. The biggest obstacle that you have faced, as you mentioned, is watching your mom deal with Alzheimer's, which I'm sure was a huge, huge challenge. And you spoke about the fact that during such a stage, the soul has an opportunity to do a life review in the human form, in the physical form, right? Right. Which is a process that's really hard for the onlookers or the family members because they see, what they see is a deterioration. And you had to watch the whole process, which again is so, so difficult. But your meditation practice really helped you at that point because during those meditation experiences, you would ask, You would really seek an opportunity to understand the situation better. And over time, you decided to take a few steps back and look at the larger perspective of what really was going on, not just physically, but overall. You looked at the bigger picture. And I think that's a really amazing lesson for our listeners to take away, to not really look at the micro aspects of what's right in front of them, but to Mm -hmm. take a couple of steps back whenever they are in a challenging situation, because that really will change the way that you lead your life, Action Tribe. So thanks a lot, Angela, once again. Yes. And uh, moving on to another topic, but a similar topic about Life Action Tribe. Whatever your vision is, make sure that you're really passionate about it. Make sure that it lifts your spirits. Make sure that it's worth fighting for. Like we always learn, there will be challenges, obstacles and difficult situations. But if you hang in there, just because you love what you do, you will fulfill your purpose. Because as Steve Jobs once said, if you are working on something exciting that you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. Your vision pulls you. So Angela, Speaking about a vision, speaking about a life's calling, have you found your life's calling? I have found my life's calling, yes. And what would that be? (laughs) It is to teach others to empower themselves by listening to their own internal wisdom, by connecting with their own intuition and allowing that intuition to be their new thought form or to be their thought form and to really flow with everything that you are and everything around you. We are the world. The world does not reside outside of us. 
we are the world. And when we are not in alignment with everything around us, then we move into pain and suffering. And so that's what lights me up, is watching people transform and empower themselves into who they came here to be. Not only as a human being, but as a soul being. Like who we came here to be is, like I could talk about that forever, (laughs) but it's the empowerment piece that, you know, as society, we tend not to empower ourselves. And that's really who, we're the gurus, right? You're a guru, AJ, in your own being. Mm -hmm. No one can come in from outside and teach you how to be who you are. That's all up to you. Everyone except Tony Robbins. Yeah. Because he says that I'm not your guru. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So thanks a lot for sharing that with us. So Angela, before moving on, what is a star seed? Because I saw that stated on your website. Yes. A star seed is who I am. Well, I so I have the belief that we are all star beings who carry so much light and love and we come here to earth to, you know, transform the density or transform the duality. Because so star seeds are certain we bring certain components with us when we come. And it's the energies of whatever place that you're from, whatever star system or star planet or energy system that you're from, that's the energy that you bring to earth. And we come here for the experiences. We don't come here to learn anything. We come here to experience Earth in a different form than what we know outside of this cosmos. And so for me, I bring an abundant amount of love and compassion. And to bring my star energy here, and that is what my path is, right? That's what my path is here on Earth. And that's really, you know, what I've taught my whole entire life as a psychologist. I, you know, I teach people how to understand their emotions and their thought forms and how to be in alignment with the energy that you bring. And so star beings are just the acknowledgement that you know that you bring some sort of energy with you and you're willing and you say yes to, you know, allowing the world to see it. Love that. Thanks a lot for clarifying that to me. If you had to relive the memories of your life, was there ever a defining moment, you know, whether it was reading a book or having a conversation or having an experience, what was that one defining moment that really changed things for you? I would say probably when I was in Peru. (laughs) I recently have been in Peru and it was a defining moment for me because I was with people who understood who I am and accepted me for who I am. And that, I believe, is something that almost everyone searches for throughout their life, is that you don't have to be around people and you don't have to pretend who you are and you don't have to be fakey about who you are, right? You can just like talk about star seeds and you can just talk about mm. right meditation and the galactic experience that you had. And you can just talk about how you either fit within the earth or you don't fit within the earth. So for me, it was finding those people who really understood who I am and had no judgment about that. So thanks a lot for sharing Action Tribe, no matter which country you are from right now, which city you're in, and whether yoga, meditation, qigong, and all these topics are really encouraged in your city, whether you have a yoga studio or things like that. So for example, if you're in Toronto, or if you're in California, or if you're in Vancouver, uh, you easily 
can just take a bus or take your car and drive down to the yoga center and learn more. But as Angela mentioned, there are certain places where, you know, you're not really encouraged to have an open conversation and just be who you are in terms of your experiences. Because at the end of the day, these conversations help to get to know more about who you are and also understand the experiences that people around you have. So if you're not in that spot right now, just have faith because as we're learning today, your vibe attracts your tribe. So if you just keep that in your mind and you keep taking actions, slowly but surely, you're going to have yourself in the midst of uh, like-minded people where you can have exactly the conversations that you want to have and learn more about where you came from, what you're doing and where you are heading. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, the wisdom round. Our listeners know that the purpose of this rapid fire round is to take notes and to take action. So Angela, out of all the advice that you received in your life, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? That I was the creator and that I am in control of who the creator is, who, how I act and how I believe. So name a personal habit that keeps you going. My morning meditation. Love that. Speaking of which, what is your morning routine like? My morning routine. So I get up out of bed, I brush my teeth, I go to the bathroom, I meditate for generally about 40 minutes, and then I have a green smoothie. Perfect. So name a book that you'd like to recommend or encourage for our listeners today. Um, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. And what that book talks about is how to like go deep within yourself and then also how to take yourself out of yourself and look at yourself at a and, you know, a third perspective. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I actually tried to access today's show notes. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash 157 because today's episode is 157. So that's my7chakras.com forward slash 157. So Angela, thanks a lot for coming on our show today, for sharing your insights, for sharing your wisdom and your amazing stories. Right before you go, tell us one thing that you are grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. And I am grateful for you, AJ, because you are spreading the light, which is such what we need right now within the world. Oh, thank you. (laughs) And you can find me at, I have a website, it's www.angeloblaha.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, pretty much everywhere. So we'll have all the links up in the show notes. Action Tribe. If you have listened so far, it means that you're really, really interested in transforming your life and embarking on a human revolution as soon as possible. Meditation is going to be a really integral practice to your transformation. And as we are learning today, and there are so many different types of meditation, but don't let that overwhelm you. Select one that suits you best based on where you are and who you are today. And then over time, you'll realize that you have a set of meditation practice that you can always go back to based on your mood. So it's not about how much you know, it's about how much action that you're taking based on how much you know. So if you want to learn more, then you have to go to angelablaha.com, a link that we're going to share on the show notes as well. So Angela, thank you so much for coming to our show today, talking to us about the power of a meditation practice and taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you. Thank you so much. Listening to My Seven Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.